Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey everyone, it's Simon and welcome to episode 22 of the Thong Slappers podcast. And man, we've got a cracker of a show lined up for you all today. But first of all, Redmond, are you there, mate? How are you going? Are you surviving V8 supercars today? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well, the last text message I got from you was I just threw a stubby at the TV and I thought, oh, this isn't looking good for the line, is it? Well, I, you know, Fords are going to win fucking... Chuck Liddell got sat in his first round of UFC. It's the shittest weekend for sport ever. But um, on the other hand, how are you doing, Simon? <laughs> Mate, pretty shattered, actually. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just in that work, sleep, work, sleep, right? And you, I know you know what that's like, so, mate, I'm pretty shattered, and I've pretty much got more wrinkles than Lizzie Birdsworth from Prisoner, and that's a fucking big call as far as I'm concerned, but, no, I mean, apart from that, it's right. Hey, it'd be interesting to see if Mundine wins on Friday. Will that be the trifecta for you of, of disappointment? Oh, yeah, that'll be it. I'll just go back to fucking the feed. Oh, mate, hold on, there's someone at the door. Hold on. Hey, I'll be fucked. How you going? G'day, Benny. Hey, buddy, how you going? Oh, Benny, how you going, mate? I thought it was going to be Avon. <laughs> nah, mate, I haven't got anywhere near as interesting. I just wanted to drop past and see if you two had heard about Jesus. Yeah, only in a defamatory way. Pass me one of them, Benny. Oh, cheers, big ears. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, Simon, mate. You got one? Yeah, yeah, mate, oh, I don't mind a bit of VB. I can handle that. I'll drink anything, really. Ah, g'day, Benny. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. What's if going on your pa- end? If I had known you were coming, I'd have hidden all the booze. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Benny. I say that about Redmond all the time. Whenever he drops into the podcastle, I just hide everything. I leave out a couple of token drinks, and I just leave it at that. So I know exactly what he's saying for what you're saying, so don't panic. It's try, all good. Try and hide the company card. Yeah, Winston, mate. He just fucking goes off like a loose propeller. you got to be careful. If I had known you were coming, I'd inform the whores and the dealers of your good credit. <laughs> <laughs> Reputation is a hard thing to live with. That's it. Now, uh, obviously, Benny, while you're in today, we're going to get you to do a bit of a debrief for us on the Running on Empty Festival, which, of course, was held only a few weeks ago, the end of October. It's probably just been a blur for you since that finished. But, you know, it's been what? Oh, shit. I think we had you on episode 14. So it's been whatever that is, eight episodes. Man, that time's flying by, especially to originally talking at episode 14. It was like just still the lead up to the festival and you still had a few months to go and all the crazy stuff to work out so it must be a bit of a blur but man i don't know i I know redmond was keen to for us all to share that t-shirt the running on empty festival t-shirt you actually made your own thong slappers t-shirt was just awesome using lee's artwork and stuff so seeing that's the only one in existence redmond's pretty keen to share that around i know i personally wore deodorant but i don't know about you guys i guess we'll see how we go i put deodorant on Friday afternoon, and it says it's Rex owner 48 hours, so we're probably right on the hairy edge, but it'll be all right. We'll get there. <laughs> nice, nice. I don't know, though. Look at it, Redmond. What are you wearing now, man? Is that like a used tent on, or is that like one of those old shark shirts with the big shark bite out the side, white with red? Where'd you get that from? Well, I really wanted a, like a hyper-colour T-shirt, but they're very hard to come by, so I just got a used tent and put it on the shirt. What the fuck is wrong with that? Benny, what's the shirt you've got on? Tell us about that shirt. This is a this is a one of one um, at the moment. So with um, the running on Emily Festival coming up, I didn't 
I don't want to sound like I've got a uterus, but with the festival coming up, I didn't know what to wear. And I thought, do I wear something street machine or do I wear my old, um, I don't know, my old pinstripe Von Dutch shirt or, you know, what do you wear to a car festival? Because people are going to look at you and say, when you're talking smack, they're going to go, right, well, that's one of the guys running the festival. So what do you wear that's appropriate? So I, um, with permission, blatantly stole Lee Good's design and, Got um, Heath at Cobar Signs to make me up a one-of-one one thong slapper shirt. So, yeah, I just roared around and made a pest myself in a public place wearing a thong slapper shirt. So everyone would associate my bad behaviour with you guys. Mate, we are genuinely impressed and very humbled and honoured that you did that. And to see photos of you and all the rest of it, and especially in the sort of your YouTube, there's actually a really awesome YouTube video about the festival if people want to check it out, which we'll talk about too. Man, just so, we're just really humbled, eh, to be, to be brutally honest, like, not pissing in your pocket. We're just really humbled that you think enough of us in the show to, I guess, take it out there to the to the masses. And it sounds like there were masses there, too. Oh, Coba has a population of, it's just under about 5,000 people. So, no one walked around and numbered people's back of their heads or blow darted them and took their ID or anything. But we're guessing maybe it was close to around 2,000 people were in town for the weekend. So, it was nearly... Nearly double the population of town, so yeah, it was it was busy, man. But it was cool. It was really good. It was really good. Oh, glad to hear it. Hey, um, listen, before we kick into a bit more on the festival, I just want to get a couple of little uh, feedback things out the way. Now, we got an email from a guy who listens to actual our podcast and also follows us on the Instagram page, a guy called Chris. Now, Chris has written a really long email, and I thought, oh, I'll try and chop it here and change it there. But I thought, you know what? Fuck that. He's gone to the effort to put into words his thoughts on the show. So I'm going to pay him that respect and just read the whole thing out. So just bear with me, everyone, but it's worth it. And, you know, we really appreciate that he's put the time in to actually contact us and tell us a few bits and pieces. So this is from Chris. Hey, guys. Hope you're both well. And that, of course, includes you, Benny, today, mate, so don't panic. I'll just apologise in advance, but please excuse the mini-novel that follows. I've spent the last week playing catch-up, binge-listening to the podcast at every spare moment. It seemed like I would never get there, but I've just finished episode 20 and couldn't be happier. I can't express enough how good it was to listen to a couple of no-bullshit blokes. That should be in inverted commas, by the way. Talk unscripted about their passion. It is so refreshing in this day and age to hear you guys talk about cars in a positive manner. I get so put off by the negativity amongst the scene that I've stayed away from it for quite a while. You walk past a car and hear guys bagging the shit out of someone's pride and joy simply because that's not how it left the factory. I miss the good old days where innovation and imagination was applauded. I remember as a young bloke walking to car shows here in Perth and spending all day studying every car to pick all of the mods that had been so ingeniously made. These days I'm usually in and out within an hour or so. Car after car has been lovingly restored, in inverted commas, which I can fully appreciate, but they all look so clinical and sterile. Very few are willing to use their imagination and build something totally different. My feeling is that most are afraid of the dreaded purists, and I'm loving the whole hashtag fuck the purists that you guys are promoting. Hopefully it helps turn the scene around a bit, and we will see a bit of true homegrown ideas come to life. Anyways, a bit of feedback about the podcast. Without sounding like too much of a suckhole... Seriously, how long has it been since you've heard someone use the word suck hole? And to keep it simple, (laughs) I love it. Rightio, this is the uh, feedback. 
Reviewing the old Street Machine mags brought back so many memories. I really look forward to your episode on 1988 and HO to go. I never owned that mag, but I remember at 13 years old reading my cousin's copy and dreaming about what it would be like to own that car. Unfortunately, I don't have my SM collection anymore, but I can still sit there and picture the cars from the 80s and 90s in my mind as you chat about them. I enjoyed the three-way episodes with something different. Definitely do some more. Funnily enough, we're doing that today. That's pretty good. Love the episodes with St. Lucy. You must make the time to slot her into the odd episode. She seems like a top lady and reminds me a lot of my wife. Yes, she's a really cool chick. <laughs> Believe me, she puts up my shit. To the 60. Yes, keep them short. Stories and yarns coming. Iron Knob would have to be one of my favourites. As much as I hate to be negative, there was just one episode that I can't get out of my head for all the wrong reasons. The episodes after the great computer crash of 2018. Oh, Chris, you don't know the half of it. Yep, that god-awful piece where you guys tried to sing Hallelujah and ended up sounding like a cat in a blender, <laughs> pegging a bunyip from behind with a cactus whilst laying on a bed of bindies and fire ants. I didn't think we sounded that good, actually. Please, 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 never, ever, ever allow your computer to crash again. In all seriousness, guys, you guys are doing a top job. Keep up the good work. The podcast, Instagram, hashtag fuck the purists, everything. I've enjoyed every minute so far, and now that I've caught up, I'm looking forward to hearing every new podcast as soon as it hits Spotify and iTunes. Have a great week, boys, and I'll see you on Instagram. Now, that's from a bloke called Chris, who is on Instagram. as um, His handle is at that weird fat bloke, so you might recognize that. I've, made, I've got a couple of comments in that, and uh, <clears throat> firstly, Chris, I'd like to say, I heard there was a sacred chord that David played in the please the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? And secondly, when he's mentioned to the 60, there's some big news for the to the 60 short stories. We can't get too much into it now because we're currently working on it. But Simon, you back me up here, mate. We've got some good news coming um, with that. We've got some work happening. Most now. definitely. Most definitely. And <laughs> it's funny, when he was talking about us singing, I so just want to sing, do you see what I see? I see you see, just screaming it out again. But maybe we'll take that I'll, advice I'll on board. I'll give you too tall as the Fosters not to. <laughs> That's not much inspiration. It's friggin' Fosters. <laughs> you mentioned HO to Go magazine, the 1988 magazine, mate. I've got it right here. What I'm going to do, if you direct message me your uh, email address, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, your actual address, we're going to shoot it off to you, mate. You deserve the magazine, so we're going to shoot that thing back to you. And I hope you read it, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy the Miles Street Machine. Couple of things um, we mentioned. Benny, you wore that T-shirt at the. Uh, you wore the Thong Slappers T-shirt at the uh, Running on Empty Festival. Yeah. From that, Simon and I have decided to promote you to the Master of Arms and Bars of the Thong Slappers. So if ever we need weapons or drinking, mate, you are now our man. That's about the only the two last... things in life I'm actually qualified in. So yeah, I'm quite humble. Well, remember, I've <laughs> been in Cobar for a long time. Remember last time I came to Cobar, you and I got on the piss. And we went out in the Cobar Harbour. We took a little 14-foot skiff out. We went sailing in the Cobar Harbour. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, vividly, vividly. When Simon says, I won't pin your pocket, I, sorry, I did piss in your pocket that day. <laughs> so drunk. And I'm sorry I apologise for that. <laughs> you probably did more than that. <laughs> He's only human. He's only human. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and, and, and one last thing, Benny. Last time you were on, Simon told you that you could book a few drinks to the room. I'm mm. fucking still getting invoices from that shit, bro. Stop it. <laughs> Winston's not happy. He's never happy. Drinks per day, not per fucking year. I'm still getting invoices. Oh, I told him that, yeah, because they were in a box, that was one. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's not like they you were like sharing them. So it's still one. The airport, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. still cheaper than the airport anyway. Delayed by me. God. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see your credit card set alight, just bloody book a couple of things out when you get home pissed on the minibar when you're away and look at it set on fire the next week. God, they don't miss you. $10 no. Mars bars. And they look you in the eye and sleep at night. Fuck a prick. <laughs> hey, um, another quick bit of feedback before we get into running on Empty Festival. This is just... Uh, Adam, sorry, slash Redman, same person. We were talking a couple of episodes ago about, ah, uh, shit, what's his name? Kevin Bloody Wilson. And you were saying about some guys you knew had a 21st and he actually was there and he sung some amazing Slim Dusty. Remember us talking about yeah. that? Well, apparently, yeah. this has come from a couple of sources. Denny Dave, uh, who's a great fan of Fong Slappers and we love his work too, does some amazing photos. And also Aaron Henry, they actually sent both sent in some information about that, and you'd be interested to know that um, Kevin Bloody Wilson, he actually, under the name Brian Dennis, had a band called Brian Dennis and the Country Club, and they actually used to play country music shows all around the place, and he used to host a country music show on 6KG in Kalgoorlie from 1973 to 1980. So this is before the Kevin Bloody Wilson stuff. And interestingly... He actually got sacked from that job and got taken off the air because he wrote his own parody of the song, I'm Leaving on a Jet Plane. He actually did one called, I'm Heaving on a Jet Plane. So he moved to, he moved to Perth, started playing crazy songs, you know, at basically things like, you know, Aussie Rules Football Clubs and all the rest, you know, clubs and everything like that. And that's when he started the actual Kevin Bloody Wilson stuff. He put together a cassette called Your Average Australian Yobbo and, mate, Obviously, the sky's the limit now. He's just going and going and going. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Interesting, very interesting history there. I think, wish I could think of the name of the guitar that he used. Australian guitar. It might be called a Maiton. It might be not. It's a beautiful guitar, mate. It's absolutely... For somebody singing up there, just singing fucking... There was a young man from Enos. His guitar is absolutely beautiful. I think it's <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to the next episode on that. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Hey, interestingly, too, his wife, Betty, who tours with him... She does all the merchandise selling and stuff at the shows, but she does all the guest vocals, like any female vocals on all these songs. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Those that play together stay together. Should be the other side of dear fuck on first dates. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. All right, Benny, we've sidetracked you long enough, mate. We're going to sit here and listen. I promise we're not going to butt in. Give us the debrief of running an empty festival. It looked like an amazing weekend. So, mate, wish we could have been there. Hit us with it. Uh, yeah, no, it would have been good to have you pair of clans down there for that. But um, anyway, there's always maybe next time. Uh, it's really hard just to surmise in what time is it? How long have we got? Um, so it was just planned to have, we'll get a few of the main actors down and we'll get all these cars in Cobar. To rewind, to go back to it, I suppose I come off shift. Um, I was working seven on seven off then. I come off shift Tuesday night accidentally kind of sort of on purpose had a bit of a blowout anyway wednesday morning bit sore headed started running around and setting up a few signs and doing all the administration stuff and then it was really weird on thursday this this amazing thing started happening facebook just started lighting up with all these people on road trips and i'm talking the main guy i want to sort of talk about is a guy named russell sofa who's got this beautiful black gloss black four-door hq um, really sort of a pro street stance, and he drove that from Mackay yes. down to Cobar, and yep. it, it runs a 355 stroker with the cast iron heads, 411 gears with a 3.5 stall. 
So he's sitting either just above or just over the stall, 1,800 k's one way. And he's sort of, he's posting as he's getting through towns. And then everybody started posting as they were coming into towns. And you're like, oh, this will be cool. You know, there'll be a few mad, few mad individuals in town. This should be really good. And then probably from Thursday lunchtime, all of a sudden, we're down the main street. We've set up a little pop-up shop to sell merchandise and give people maps and stuff. Did you have a and top knot? Car, Sorry, did you have a top knot at your pop-up shop? Did I have a top, top knot in the pop-up shop? Yeah. No one had a top knot in the pop-up right. shop. If someone okay. had a top knot in the pop-up you. shop, I would have been grabbing birdshot out of the lever action parties <laughs> and taking care of that myself. Oh. Um, yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. No top, <laughs> no top knots in the pop shop. Um, so all of a sudden, all these mad hotties started driving into town. Like you turn around and you know, old mates driving in this huge money fifty-six silver fifty-six Chev. And you turn around and there goes a 57 Chev on a trailer. And then you turn around and Sam McMinn had taken his big block, 71 big block vet, and he'd driving that down the main street. And then Russell Soper from Mackay rocked up. And then Alan Potter in a, in a Rammer tribute car rocked up. And he'd driven all the way from frickin' Bansdale. And yeah. Bansdale's just full of fucking bunyips and bushrangers. It's the only two things that come down <laughs> to that part of the world. Um, and all of a sudden, this, the town was starting to get a bit of a vibe about it. And I don't know, for those that might have went to Summonats like really early Summonats days like when it was still Summonats 2, 3, 4 and 5 sort of thing like yeah, town was just buzzy the cops were pretty cool they were, like people were being a bit cheeky and a chirpy here and there but they were letting it all ride um, awesome. so by the time we got yeah. to Thursday evening it was just trailer after trailer like I've never ever in my life seen so many 55, 56, 57 model Chevs in one place at one time. Um, so a lot of the guys sort of come up to the shop on the Thursday night. We grabbed a heap of them. They said, look, anyone thirsty? Um, and it didn't really matter what they said because I was. So we went down to the golf club. <laughs> and there was, probably about, there was probably about 20 or 30 of us that had a few beers. And just it was more guys talking about the adventures and the shit they'd got into. Like, you know, they're driving through the back of Queensland or the back of Victoria and got some shitty fuel or busted a brake line or... You know, had some kind of dramas on the way, but everyone, you know, being a bit of a car head, they've managed to work their shit out and get up here. Yeah. Um, so we probably pulled up stumps about, I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock that night. The next morning into it, um, I woke up early, put a few more signs out, and then it was just all day Friday. It was just people coming into town. And then what was really interesting was as people were driving into town and if, if they didn't drive their car in, they trailered it in, what was happening was people were standing in empty car parks to wait for a hottie to come past and then reverse it in. So the whole main street of Cobar by mid-afternoon on a Friday was just nothing but hot cars. All the locals were out. Everyone that had come to Cobar for out. The pubs had got permits to have alfresco dining, a.k.a. drink piss on the streets. So there was <laughs> tables and chairs out. People were getting like the pizzas and fish and chips and finger food, sitting down, drinking beers talking smack just watching cars do fat laps up and down the street and it was like everything we planned for the event i never ever ever took into consideration the fact that, that scene would happen just yeah yeah everybody cruising and everyone having a fat time and it was just electric like people walk around with eyes like dinner plates just buzzing because it was just a cool scene and even the locals like I've never seen town like this this is awesome and you know it was just and everyone was there like a few people sort of Unfortunately, you know, when you're a fairly unattractive beast, they sort of recognise you. Like, oh, you have seen it on Facebook. Here you going? And 
people coming up and shaking your hand and introducing themselves and like it was um it was kind of like going you know when you go to a wedding and everyone's in a good mood everyone's there to have a good time and that's yeah what yeah. the festival was and but the amount of, like at one stage i remember standing outside the great western i thought i'll have a cheeky beer and i had one and I looked across the road, and there was five genuine GTs, XY GTs, not one of them the same colour. I went over and spoke to all these guys. And just There was a million and a half with a bucks with a car sitting there, and most of them were driven. Yeah, that's good to like, hear, though, was, too. Yeah. But it was just like I'd, I knew that people were going to rock up because obviously we'd had RSVPs, and I knew people were keen for it. Here's, um, thanks, babe. This has just rocked up back in the shop with another three-pack of Nordens. Very oh, good. sweet. Hey, just quickly, just just on that. Now, I've got to say that, look, I'm probably the worst candidate for this, like the worst person for this. I've obviously been hamming up the festival and posting all this stuff about you and the festival and everything, mm-hmm. but the thing I've probably done, much to my detriment, and my apologies go genuinely out for this, is not giving enough credit to John De Bruin for his efforts with you promoting and running the festival. So my apologies, John. I know it was a team effort, and I know you had a lot of help from John, uh, Benny, and also from um, Mandy, your wife. So I just want to put those names out there too. So not trying to take anything away from you. You are definitely no, no, the no. face of the festival, but I just no, felt no, like I wasn't giving... If I didn't have John De Bruin and Mandy Hewlett in my life, mate, I'd be... Um... I'd be drunk and, and, and naked and lying in the street somewhere. Fair so, enough. Yeah, <laughs> so, who was the producer you interviewed? Was he the producer, the guy you interviewed in front of the cars? The guy we interviewed in front of the cars. Yeah, the producer of the yeah. movie. Oh, what's his name? Oh, not the John Clark. John Clark, the director yeah. and writer. Yeah. Is that who you mean, mate? I think so. I was thinking to myself after listening to him, fuck, I'd like to punch him in the face. <laughs> Why is that? Did you hear? Any reason it's ridiculous? Oh, the, actors, the actors got it wrong and the writers didn't like it, but I persevered through. I'm like, fuck off. What a wanker. <laughs> no, they, um, everyone, everyone was on the film, thought it was a slow-moving train wreck. Oh. Yeah, that's what he, I'm like, I'm like, whatever, you're here for the festival with the X amount of years of review of it, you fucking idiots, get into it. You know, he was good, though. He was, honestly, though, he was, he was really funny because when we interviewed him on the Saturday night at the dinner, we said, oh, you made commercials, and then all of a sudden you went out and made a TV, um, sorry, made a film, made a feature length. And he said, yeah, he goes, I thought I'd get more pussy if I was a movie director <laughs> rather than just a commercials director, and it turns out I was wrong. And he said it in front of his missus, and as soon as I turned to his missus and looked at her and then looked at him, I'm like, oh, shit, that's what it looks like when I say something dumb in public with Andy. <laughs> he was really funny, though, man, like... Um, yeah, really funny. It was it was quite good value, actually. The thing that I find funny is Terry Serio, is it, Mike? Terry Serio, yep, yep. Yeah. When you look at his Instagram, because that's all I've got to go on, he's actually quite the thespian. He lives in Newtown, and he's into fine dining, and he's into all that side of stuff, but he played like the biggest bogan ever, so I'm like, he's back on running on empty in his film set, and he's probably thinking, I hope these fucking guys don't rape me. <laughs> <laughs> can i just say i love those interviews you did with the actors like um uh jared sant and also yeah, terry serio i really thought that was cool and so they were so into it man that was it was so good to see like it was great that was sort of one of the things uh, one of the highlights for me of actually watching the doco you've done and that's available on youtube everyone if you want to go check that out fantastic documentary put together there for the for the festival but I guess the thing that really warmed my heart was actually the fact that Richard Moir 
uh, he made it back, who, of course, he played Fox in the original movie, but he hasn't done to crash hot with health in the last probably decade. He had a brain tumor and a few other bits. So when I saw a photo of him come through, I was really stoked that he was able to make it. And he was sitting in the challenge zone. He had the glasses on and the hat. It was so cool. Loved it. So he sounds like a pretty good guy too, Benny. Um, it was really uh, to get Richard up there because Richard, he's um, um, not Parkinson's. What's Richard afflicted with? Richard's, um, no, Parkinson's. It, it is Parkinson's. Call it not Parkinson's. Not Parkinson's. Richard's got a brain disease and the really terrible thing about it and anyone, if you know anyone who's been through it, is that person is still there inside themselves, but they just can't articulate what they want to say. Like, they just can't express themselves. Yeah, Richard, yeah. If you lean right into Richard and you're getting close because he doesn't speak very loud, he's still all there. Like, he was telling us stuff that happened in the movie and, you know, oh, he was sweet. telling some really cool stories. Like, you know, they, he's worried they were going to get sacked because he drove the car and he did something. He flicked his head around that tore the microphone out of the helmet. And yeah. all the guys on set like, oh, you fuck now. You know, oh, you're going to get in trouble now. Oh, they're going to boot you <laughs> off set, mate. You'll be black doing Callum's commercials before you know it, you know. And then after that, he's sort of telling me, oh, you know, I did a few movies and this is, we're having a quiet beer. I, got, yeah. I bought him a, um, a beer on Sunday and he hung around at my joint for a few hours while we did the debrief wrap-up party sort of thing. Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, we didn't really think that movie would ever do much and blah, blah. And he goes, and after that movie... He goes, I went and shot a, a film in, in Bolivia. And he goes, and they give you cups of tea out of, over there, but they give it to you and they make it out of coca leaves. Yeah. And I'm like, cocaine tea? And he's like, yeah, yeah, really high heels, but you can go up really quick after two cups of tea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he awesome. was really good. And he, he turned to me, oh, sorry, he took, a mate of mine took him back to Dubbo to the airport because that's the nearest commercial flight which is three mm. hours away welcome to far west new south wales i'll be your guide stay inside the yellow lines um and they're flying him back out of dubbo and he turned to my mate and he said that was the best two days of my entire life oh that's awesome to hear yeah, yeah. and that oh, was cool wow but anyway I, I didn't mind having a couple of beers him on sunday telling me all these old movie drug stories i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> but um look that hell of a nice guy and a big like superhuman effort for someone who's going through that journey of their life with a disease that's slowly degenerating and eating your brain, for him to, you know, get past that and come up here and hang out with us was just an extraordinary effort. So to Richard and his family, I'm, I'm, I'll be forever in for debt for the for the um, effort they made for that. But the other tip rats we had, like um, you mentioned Jerry Sont. If there was a panel van, Jerry Sont was just like a magnet to it. Like every single, every <laughs> cool. single guy that owned a panel van... <laughs> Went to go and find Jerry Swipe to get a photo, but he was already there. Like, he'd run over to a panel van and he'd, yeah, can I get some photos? Can I jump in with you? And he's, um, and like, he's another one that's, um, he does more theatre than he does TV, even though he's done Home and Away and Neighbours and he's done, you know, the sort of staple diet Australian sitcom sort of television. He does a lot of theatre and he's quite good at it. But yeah, he yeah. was just totally back in his element, like, you know, check, throwing out all the lines from the movie that Victor said and jumping into every single Panavan that drove past. Um, who else? Oh, and Rama. Uh, Jeff Bloody Rowe. Oh, yes, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Rowe. Uh, now, Jeff Rowe, all of... Ah, oh, okay. So, I always liked Rama in the film. I thought, yep, he's the guy who's got the hot chick rolling with him. He's always a bit of fun mucking around. 
And I got to know this guy really, really well. Like, we used to talk for an hour on the phones. And to have him at the festival, he is just one of the most unbelievable human beings I've ever met. And on Saturday night, he and I were the last one standing about 5 o'clock in the morning at Benny's bar trying to finish up before we went to bed, you know. Like, yeah. he, and he's just a cool, cool dude telling us stories about, you know, he got paid he got paid $8,000 for doing the movie. And I think he said they offered him the Fox One car for $6,000. Mm. And he wasn't really sure which way to go. And it ended up, he ended up missing out on a Westpac ad, didn't buy the car, pissed off to New Orleans for 12 months. And at one stage, later on when he was in America, he was hanging out with an excess for a week um, yeah, in sweet. between making an making a album and touring, if you know what musicians do during that time. So, look... Um, just purely to have the actors there was just, yeah, it was just awesome. And people were starstruck with Terry Sirio, with Mike. People were just, uh, 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 can you please sign me dash? Can you please sign me door? Can you please sign me shirt? Can you please sign my boobs? You know, just all the usual stuff. <laughs> it was, um, no, nah, it was really cool, man. Hey? It was really cool. Man, you'd have wank, not, sorry, not wanker's cramp. You'd have writer's cramp after all that, wouldn't he? He, um, Good. he... What, sorry, Red, what'd you say, man? Two of the highlights for me was when uh, Benny sent me a text at about stupid o'clock on the morning saying, I'm the last man standing. And it was a photo. I thought, that's pretty cool. And the other one was with Rammer and your brother on the juice. I thought that was pretty cool. Very that cool. Was, yeah, no, he's, um, he's a cool cat. He's a cool cat. Um, and Terry, look, Terry was great too. He, one of those guys, heaps of energy. And I think you're right what you say, Red Mess. I think he's... He's one of those guys that's very articulate and he's into theatre and stuff like that. But to get him back into, you know, to get him back next to some of the cars that were originally in the movie, and I think it <laughs> it all came running back. I didn't even mean to do that. Um, I think it all came <laughs> boom, boom. back, coming running back to him. Yeah, boom, boom. Um, and he was in his element. Like, he sat there one day on the Saturday at the show and shine, and he did signing autographs and t-shirts for about three and hour, half hour straight yeah that's awesome eh? yeah good so i'm so the glad band. they got into it and john clark was incredible too he was really really good and um who's the other one i'm missing out on oh chris greaves the guy in leg irons the star oh yeah 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 who's also He's... the um he was also the mechanic in mad max 2 that's right yeah the relay guy yeah the relay guy you know it's got a cracked timing case He's sort of um, very quiet guy, really cool guy, but then got him up on stage on the dinner on Saturday night and then, like, just played up to the crowd, like, had all these really funny stories and, you know, a bit lewd and a bit rude, but just, I don't know, could carry himself really well in a crowd. He was um, he was very good value, Chris Greaves. He was excellent value. I've just got to ask, Max Cullen, he wasn't able to make it in the end, eh? So, big bad Maximus... Um, a couple of weeks before, rang me up and he was apologetic and said, oh, mate, I'm very sorry. I've, um, I'm involved with the film and I've got to go to uh, Brisbane or Adelaide. You wouldn't promote a freaking film in Adelaide. It was probably Brisbane. He had to go to um, Brisbane to promote a film. And um, he was very apologetic and he said, look, he goes, just get some old grey guy to dress like me and walk around and bump into shoot every now and again and no one will know the difference. And, and, that, was, and that was his words. That was not my words. That was his words. So... Regardless, we made up um, at the dinner on the Saturday night. It went for. I got up and started talking, and I we didn't stop. 
we got up at six o'clock and we got the actors up. We got Steve Courtney with the Canny Cup and we did heaps of cool stuff. We did some auctions and it took four hours before we put the band on. And it was one of those things where it's sort of, I don't know, it, it went that far that was sort of wink, wink, blink. And then the Saturday night was all gone, like the dinner was all gone and everything was done. Yeah. And sort of sitting there and I'm sitting there on the stage and I'm absolutely stuffed and I look up at the stage at the band. And here's Terry Stereo singing with the band. <laughs> awesome, yeah. And he sung, what do you sing? He sang It All Comes Running Back, that song, when they're dancing in the, um, at Rebel's Garage. But then he, because Terry did Johnny O'Keefe, the musical. That's right, that he did. Shout? Yeah. Yeah. Shout, yeah, he I remember that. He got up and did a couple of Johnny O'Keefe numbers. And right into it, like jumping around on stage. Everyone was nerding out on it. Like, everyone was geeking out hard. This is, you know, this is Mike Terry Stereo getting up and singing, so... Yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, it was awesome, eh? It was really good, really good. I guess um, the big question to wrap things up is next year. What's the plan? Um, I don't know. I've been asked this a, a lot mm. because it was wildly successful. Like, for that weekend, that last weekend in October, we were, like, on Facebook and, and pretty much all social media. Like, it was just buzzing. And, you know, we had the Street Machine guys there that got there late. Because the bloody Dodge Phoenix they had, they had mad dramas with it. But um, um, I don't know. It was just we just sort of really everything fell into place. Like we jagged it. We got amazing weather. We got this whole bunch of people that were really in for a good time. We got the original actors and writer director from the movie that were extraordinarily happy to be there. Yeah, and perfect. I don't know whether Cobar's far enough out of the way that we didn't sort of have that real. I don't know, that tip rat factor, because there was people walking around. Even Jeff Rose said it. Uh, he got up on the at the dinner on the Saturday night. And he said, I haven't met an arsehole all weekend. <laughs> yeah. And that was, I don't know, we just, I don't know whether we jagged it or we just had enough planning behind us, like Johnny and I and, and the girls and the committee had just worked hard enough that it had just all fallen together. But it was, it was just cool, and we got some great feedback. So the pressure was on from everyone to do it again, and the pressure was on from the town to do it again, but... I'm going to let the cat right out of the bag with what I say next, but because you can't, I don't reckon you can keep that weekend going every year after year. I reckon it'll wash out. Yeah, the actors right. wouldn't come back and people would go, oh, Cobar's a long way, so we're not going to make the efforts. But there's two parts of the answer for you, Simo. So the first one is, is it going to be a next year? And at this stage, the short answer is no. However, right. in 2022 is the 40th anniversary of the movie. Yeah, perfect. So how about we get Max Cullen and we get Deborah Conway and we get everyone else we missed out on. We do exactly the same that we did a couple of weeks ago, except we just do it bigger and better, you know, do everything we did, but just pump it up and tweak it a little bit more and try and have the same sort of weekend again. And then on the flip side of that, we had a really good time in Cobar and I really want to do something in Cobar that brings a tourism sort of dollar in, not to sound yeah, shallow, sure. but we, no. we, you know, if mining goes down, this town suffers, and if mining goes up, this town does all right, but to get people into town for something else and to do something different, there's a few rumours that get around, there's one or two clubs in town that are talking about uh, building a burnout pad, building a skid pad. Oh, sweet, yeah. And then there's a couple of guys from up north, they go around the country and they hire out airports, so they've got all the risk assessments and all the paperwork. So the idea is, why don't we do a car event in Cobart? It might not be next year, it might be two years before we get off the ground, but 
on the Friday we shut off the main drag and just have hotties crews and like they do at Red Centre Nats. The sad day, let's go out to the bloody airport and go, righto, you reckon your car's fast, let's find out. And then Sunday, righto, let's go bust some tyres and just sort of have, I don't even know what you'd call it. You need a cool name, otherwise no one comes. You need a cool name. Like you need something like, I don't know, Rebel Benny Fest. Oh, Benny okay. Fest. <laughs> how, about the, how about the movie stars of Cobar? Movie stars. Oh, yes. I did see that hashtag kicking around there at one stage. <laughs> yeah, nice. Now, Redmond had a very interesting vice versa to put to us regarding running on Empty Festival or running on Empty in general. So, mate, do you want to uh, take it away, Red? I found this very interesting, actually. It's a great one for people to think about themselves. Righto, Benny. Here's my vice versa. If all females actually ejaculated instead of the males, would you swallow it? <laughs> That wasn't what I was thinking, but Betty, be really careful. It is to me, this sounds like a trap, mate. Be very careful, tread carefully. Mm. Benny, with the, with the, with the running on empty... <laughs> You're a jet radar, you're fucking sad. <laughs> <laughs> with the running on empty, this is what we decided, to put a bit of thong slappers into it, to put a bit of, um, by the power of fiction... Uh, I'm sorry, I was eating grape. By the power of fiction, you know I love fiction, don't you? So by the power of fiction... I want you to do these three things for running on empty. I want you to recast the cars. Yep. Right, that's Mike's car, Ramo's, Fox's car, uh, the Gazard's car. I want you to tell me who you would be in the film, and I want you to rewrite the ending. And please, Simon, can you do it as well? Thank you. So I'm recasting the cars, who I play, and the ending. Righto. Yes. Rewrite so I'm going to do something a little bit cheeky because it's fairly fresh in everyone's mind. I'm going to take swallow. some of the... Okay, stop it. <laughs> I'm going to take some of the cars out of Drag Week. I'm going right. to take some of the cars out of Drag you, Challenge, the Australian Drag Challenge, Street Machine Drag Challenge. Yep, perfect. More than welcome. So fine. let's go with, okay, so let's go with um, Mike's Phase 3. Mike's Phase yep. 3. So Mike's a young bloke. And he's into cars, but he wants to go faster. He's got a cool car. Like, he's got a fucking phase three. He's got a cool car, but he wants to go faster. So who would that? I know. Clive Polidano, who's got that blue-blown GDS. Yeah, the Kinger. Yeah. Yeah, really nice guy. I'm a little bit bit biased towards Clive because I actually went to school with his sister, who's gorgeous. But Clive grew up where I grew up, so... Let's say Clive's blue, that blue, um, is it a H? I think it's HJ, isn't it? It's, one of the, it's that shape. Yeah, I'm I think so. The front grill. I think it's HJ. So let's call it a HJ. So Clive's HJ is Mike's face three. Yep. So it's a cool car and it goes all right, but um, he wants to go faster. Then um, then you need the bad guy. So you need someone who's pretty angry uh, on the street. Do you know that lime green HQSS? Is it Harry? Harry Hags, yeah. Harry yep. Hags, because that's tough. That's double tough. Oh, big time, yeah. So let's call that the bad guys car. Let's call that the Fox One equivalent, the HQSS. Nice. nice. Harry Hags, yep. So what do you need now? You need the blown chef. What are you going to blow his doors off with? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Frank Marchese. Is it Frank Marchese? Dandy Engines, his ex Yes, the white XW, yep. YXW. Yeah, sure. Sorry, it is an XW. You're right, yes. So I am a bit biased towards that as well because about 10 years ago when I was still wearing camouflage for a living, I built a Ford big block stroker, 532 big block, 
blown big block for um, that Army LTD. Yeah. And we took oh, it yeah. down to Dandy Engines, and Frank dynoed it, and he helped me tweak it and did a few bits and pieces. And he's a bit of a wizard, but he's a really, he's a really humble sort of guy. Like, but he's big into the car scene, so he talks the talk and. You know, his daily driver back then, that was 10 years ago, which was still that XW, and I think it was a nine-second street car then. Yeah, right. Okay. So that yeah. works out for the blown 57, because standing quarter 9.2, yeah, that's what he said. So, yeah, let's go Frank for the blown 57. How's that? Sounds good. Sounds good uh, to me. Rammer? Oh, Rammer. Fuck it. My dirty, stinking old blue 60 series cruiser with the fucking anti-kangaroo yeah. bull bar on it. That'll nice. Do. Yep, I'm living. Oh, I'm liking that. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What's the other one we're gonna do? You got to do Gazar Brothers EK. Yes. Okay. So Gazar Brothers are from Cobar. So let's pick someone from Cobar. Um. Ah. Oh, um. Jake Harbison has got an XCGT four door, red and black. Yep. And he's a yep. tip rat. He's a proper tip rat. He drives a bulldozer when he's not trying to electrocute himself. So, yep, we'll go with Harbo. Jake Harbison, if you're listening, mate. Quick hello to all the Cobar listeners. Yes, hello oh, to yeah. everyone in 2835. The, the weather today is a balmy 28 degrees. Excellent. And I think, Red, you were wanting to know if you were going to be a character in the movie, who would you be, Benny? Didn't I mention that? Yeah, I did mention that. No, you did yeah. mention that. Um, I don't know, man. If I was cruising around and I was a young bloke cruising around in cars and you haven't got any pressure, all you do is hang around the big boss and you're rolling with a chick that you could just tell her to get her gear off and run off into the bloody sunset, you'd have to go for Rammer, wouldn't you? <laughs> Spot wouldn't on. Yeah. There's, no yeah. there's no pressure to perform. You're not on the street checking the jets, getting yelled at by Foxy. You're not bloody trying to... Nail Deborah Conway, so you haven't got all the pressure trying to have a fast car and pick her up. Rambo's already got a chick. He's already got a car. It sounds like it's got a 308 straight through with bloody couple of hot dogs on it. <laughs> so he's got a car. He's the reliable one that goes and checks the road, and he's got a Sheila. I, I don't know. Rambo's got my vote. Rambo's got my vote. Fair yep. enough. That I makes good hot. sense. Um, what do you okay. Got for the ending. Oh, the ending. Have you got another turn? Or you know, Alternate ending. How about you'd have to? Oh, I don't know. Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Simon and then come back <laughs> for that one if that's all right. All right, I'll make this short and sweet. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're still gonna do Bible studies. It's gonna be short and sweet. <laughs> okay. Right, Fox's challenger. Now, I didn't mean to do this as brand allegiance, but it's kind of just how it's played out. Fox's Challenger, I'm going to replace it with something Aussie being a black VH Charger with the Chrysler by Chrysler front and have that, you know, the one with a wraparound bumper bar and I'm going to have the grille completely blacked out. So no headlights, no nothing. Similar to that red um, hardtop that used to race in Adelaide years ago, whose the guy's name escapes me. Anyway... That would be my Fox Challenger car. It would be a VH Charger, but painted the same with the stripes and all that stuff. Now, the Black 57. Of course, it has to be something high impact for that car. So what I've chosen is actually Kevin Monk's Daytona, the Dodge Daytona that features in there has a cameo. You know the one that's jacked up? It's got the world's hugest jelly beans under the back with the, with the flex flares and the big wing on the back. That would actually be my Rebel car, would be that Daytona. Now, the main reason is... 
Besides the fact I'd love to see one of those doing a massive donut like it does on the street scene. But that scene where it's coming, it must be rolling back into Sydney, it's on the freeway, and there's that scene where it's coming driving towards you and it just looks and sounds so tough. You imagine if that was a Daytona with the stance and the big wing, it would just be tough as nails. Um, for Mike's Falcon GT, I'd actually substitute that for a HG Monaro in that factory green. I, don't, I can't remember what the green's called, but, you know, it's like a bright green with a black sidewinder stripe, so I'd yep. stick with that whole Aussie factory muscle thing for that. The Gazard's EK, I'd replace with an XY panel van, but basically the same colour as the EK, same rake, like nose-down, arse-up rake with a big set of chromies, that'd be the one for them. Uh, Rammer would be a one of you know, those B&S utes, the Holden utes with the massive bull bars <laughs> in the front. I'd either choose yeah. that as Rammer, or I'd choose one of the guys we've got on Instagram. For he's got that white Holden sedan, like an HJXZ that era, and it's got the world's hugest bull bar in the front. So it'd either be that, would be a Jed BNS Pratt. Ute. That would be for Jed sure. Pratt. Yep. Sorry, sorry, Big man. time. His name's Jed Pratt, and that's my favourite car at the moment, Jed Pratt. Oh, it's awesome. That thing, that thing's just tough. It's got dragway five spokes and everything on it. It's pretty cool. Um, as far as who I would play in the movie. Well, I can't be Deborah Conway and I can't be Cheryl because I've got big, I've got bigger boobs than the pair of them, so I can't play them. I'm probably more like, I'm probably more like Victor, you know. I'm like that excited little puppy dribbling everywhere, like he is in the movie. That's probably who I'd be. And listen, at the end of the day, mate, all my life's about is trying to get my van hopping, so I'm probably the right person to play Victor. As far as the ending goes, man, that was really tough trying to come up with an ending. Really, all I could think of is that I'd actually, you know how they replaced the Challenger with the Valiant sedan with the B-pillar cut out for that final shot instead of smashing up the Challenger. Because of that, I'd probably be more inclined to just beef up the end scene. I'd actually ram that Valiant into the wall, like into that concrete barrier. I'd probably be more inclined just to juice up the ending that they already had. So, how about you, Red? What were your choices, mate, for this vice versa? Right, no, for, for Mike's GDR, by the power vested in fiction, here are my choices to replace the running on it, the recast the cars. And Mike's GDHO Falcon, I'm going to replace that with Wayne Draper's Phase 6 Falcon. Right. Yep, yep, yep. You know, because that's a bit of a hottie. It's, it's, a, it's a muscle car. It's a factory muscle car, basically. It's not, but that's what it is. So I'm going to replace it with that. Um, Rebel 57 Chev, I'm going to replace that with Gary Sapara's XA fronted XC Falcon, the uh, Overkill. Oh, good call. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Just because the line fits. Imagine this line Sputtle, Sputtle, and XC, a blonde 72 XC. So the line fits. <laughs> I like Ram. it. Best tabber covers on a car ever on that thing, just quietly. Yeah, sorry, yeah. keep going. Rammer, I'm going to replace that with my old V8 Hilux. You know, the one nice. I've got in the backyard. Yeah. With, with the TRD um, racing Hilux. stripes and the, uh, the gold rims. <laughs> nah, that's a four-cylinder. That's golden shower. This is his V8 Lux, the Dulux. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yep, yep, I'm with you. Because I was, trying, I was trying to think, what can I replace Rammer with? There has been a car with a bull bar. On the front cover of Street Machine. If either of you guys can name it, I'll buy you a tally. What is it? There's uh, one car that's had a bull bar on the front of Street yep. Machine. Yep. Is it one of the Mad Max cars from Fury Road? Nope. Oh, I've uh, absolutely no idea. Sorry. Okay. It's the HSV Colorado. <laughs> it's been on there lately. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, the top corner. Yeah, fucking. It's on the cover, bro. It's on the cover. Hey. Cover car, you tip. Yeah, it's I thought that cover. too. When it comes to the cover, 
Ben, just you, you should know, mate, when it comes to the cover, Redmond is just, he's a level above everyone. you got to be really careful, okay? <laughs> when it comes to the cover, wait till we start reviewing Attention the magazine he asked you about the cover. It is, it is. And it's rubbing <laughs> off on a lot of people besides just me and you. If it's a car and it's on the cover, by default, my friends, it's a fucking cover car, right? It's that Foxy. I'm going to replace Foxy with Ian Hands blowing LJ called uh, Mr. Hyde. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with yep, you. Yep. Yep. Like it's got the pearl white paint job, the graphics, the twin predators, the carbs, the Mooningham blower, the parachute, the number plates, the fucking... LCD tar lights. Gonna, yep. So that thing is going to smack everybody. For Gazards, you know what I'm going to use for Gazards? And I'm just because this is fiction, I'm going to use um, the Night Riders HQ from Mad Max. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> nice choice. I like it. Well, that thing, you know, at Broken Hill's only four hours down the road. Well, that's what that, that that HQ from Mad Max looked like. It was painted in a shed out the back of fucking um, New South Wales by three apes. So that, yeah. that's what it... And look, who am I going to play? I'm going to play... Who, who, who do I play in the film? I'm going to play Mike's dad. Remember him, the blazed-out musician? <laughs> uh, yeah, nice call. That's cool, cool yep. actually. Good so that is. Me and Maxie, man, we're going to play boogie, mainly boogie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I've rewritten the ending. So the, re, the I've rewritten the ending to suit more of today's kind of theme. So it's going to be a Gen Y. So Mike and Foxy don't race. In the end, they both get a participation award, and they don't actually race. Oh. <laughs> Shut up. And, um, <laughs> and Victor and one of the Gazard boys, they get married in a civil union. You know, so we we um we, we fast forward eight years. Eight years later, Mike's living in a caravan, a rented caravan out the back of his mum's house because Julie pissed off with the compliance plates from the GTHO Falcon and they had bitter and protracted custody and divorce battle. So Mike's living in a fucking caravan. Julie bought a new unit for her and her husband in Double Bay. So that's uh, that's pretty much what happened with them two and Rebel. You know what happened to Rebel in here? What? No. Cornea transplant? No, he ended up starting his own commune in, um, in Byron Bay. He's the Minister for Population and Regeneration. Oh, wow. There you go. Good on it. So that's... Green's uh, nice. Uh, Tony. Tony, the mechanic, is now the uh, auditor and compliance manager of Cobar Harbour's third biggest importer of clean skin wines. <laughs> oh, man. Love so it. So you guys Love know it. there was actually an ending for that film that ended up on the editing room floor? I've heard not- that story, but I don't know what the ending was, what the so replacement was. This is, this is confirmed. This is confirmed from... Um, from John Clark and a couple others. So the actual ending that they filmed was um, Fox is no longer number one, Hurry Curry up against the concrete barrier in the VH, yeah. Hasta La Vista, don't get any on you. And then um, the next scene that ended up on the cutting room floor for Running on Empty, and this is not great northern in juice. This is no bullshit, mate. So julie and mike are sitting on the beach or they're lying down like on the beach or something like that and they got the 57 there and all of a sudden on the beach sorry is the 57 on the beach wrecking a classic oh sorry mate. oh relax mate it's you know one lady owner never driven on the sand you know like every single cruiser ever boy ever um relax it's on the asphalt in the designated car park and they're sitting on the beach and then coming up and revving his engine is Victor, who's got the van totally hopping. Yes, Victor's sweet. there, and Mike turns to to Julie and he says something to the words, the effect of, 
I guess there's no rest when you're at the top, or there's no, not no rest for the wicked, but basically something to say, you know, when you're top dog, there's always someone nipping at your heels. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay, it does. It does. That's and actually that, not a bad alternative ending, is it? And that was the ending. That was the fair income ending that they decided to cut out of it and just finish up with Boxy doing Hurry Curry. Kind of spewing about that because the whole theme of Victor getting his van hopping. Like, that's from the very start. Like, that would have been just such a tidy way to nip this up, wouldn't it? It would have been a but great Victor, ending. Victor being that kid down the bottom that's always hanging yep. out with the older kids and yeah, be faster. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was really interesting, and one of the things we auctioned off at the dinner, was there was a guy named Darren, and he is a comic book artist, and he wrote a sequel to Running on Empty. And the continuation yeah. of his um, Mike and Julie... Uh, they don't get married, but they have a kid together, and a girl, and she ends up becoming um, a motorbike racer, like um, illegal drag racing for motorbikes. Yeah, and okay. Mike and Julie don't stay together because obviously there's a bit of domestic violence issue to start with anyway. Does um, she take the compliance place off the GT and is, is um, Mike living in a caravan? <laughs> but I just I thought that would be a cool thing, like um, having like, skip that skip whatever they're going to do and have it as the next scene is Mike and Julie are broken up. They've got a kid together and the kid's a bit of a tear away. Like, you're being a fair-dinkum little prick, so I'm going to send you out to Cobar and you're going to go hang out with Rebel in his garage for a couple of months to dry out and straighten out. And yeah. ends up becoming a bit of a mechanic and got a bit of a touch for it and ends up finding the Chev because Rebel would be old by then. Mm, very nice. old. And then finds the Chev in the shed, blows the dust off it, cleans out all the gum in the carbies, bloody cranks it up, gets it hopping and takes it back to bloody Newcastle and blows the doors off all these late model HSVs and turbo Barra 6s. Now that that would be a cool movie, wouldn't it? Definitely. I'd go and watch that. Yeah, I would too. She could, she could join the UFC and get 4,000 likes on Instagram and punch the fuck out of another chick. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's nice to have options, isn't one, it? Just one last thing on um, Cobart. Benny, I've got to tell you something funny just to, to finish up on Cobar and... Um, Obviously, I've been in contact with Heath from Cobar Signs, really nice bloke. Just some running on it, and some thong slapper stuff. Some more news on that later. But you gave me his number, and what happened, Simon? Tell him <laughs> what fucking happens when you give me someone's mobile number. Simon, tell him you want to change your number. A fucking prank him right out. I said straight away. I ring this Heath guy, and I'm like, it rings, rings. Just like Heath here, and I'm like, Heath, Jonathan, Jonathan Livingston here from the Australian Taxation Department. How are you? And like any small business owner, I hear him <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, he said <laughs> And then I said, I'm just fucking with you, man. It's Redmond. And he goes, You're a fucking c. And I just shit my kit. <laughs> and, that, and that is, I can confirm that 100% because then he sent me a text, and all that said on the text was, Fucking Redmond. <laughs> also, with the Running on Empty Festival, I mentioned it last um, podcast, Benny. I'm. I'm I'm in a laundry, a commercial laundry, and I just wrote on the wall. Oh, this yeah. washing machine. Ring Ben this phone number. And you're like, what? 15 fucking people from Townsville rang me with fuck washing machines, and I'm going, oh, is that a power surge? Because <laughs> this fucking arsehole put my number up. Is anything wrong with the laundromat? Ring this number. Ring Ben on this number. If you weren't busy enough. Fucking Westinghouse, mate. I got shit on in 2835. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, is it the fabric softener? I don't know. Fucking try it. Start again. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, actually, there's one final story I wanted to leave you with for running on Empty Festival for the whole sure. weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, Scotty Taylor and his band of merry men and women come up from Melbourne in the Dodge Phoenix. They chucked a 440 big block in and drove it up. They had all kinds of dramas, but they eventually got to Cobar. When you're in western New South Wales, for those that haven't travelled through this part of the world, we have reverse angle parking. And right. it's not a very difficult concept, but it really tends to fuck a lot of people up. Anyway... Scotty's cruising down the drag in the Dodge Phoenix, which um, stay-at-home bloke nicknamed uh, Dog's Penis. Gus. But he doesn't want people to know about that. Gus. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Gus called it the Dog's Penis, Dodge Phoenix, Dog's Penis, and Scotty said, don't say that because it'll catch on and people will call it that. Um, <laughs> so they're driving down, they're I love down Gus. The they're driving down the street in the Dodge. And they, the Dogs, uh, yeah. And there's an AU wagon in front of it, a Ford AU wagon. And this thing's got dints and scratches and crap all over it. It's obviously not very well loved. Anyway, Scotty pulls up behind him and this guy reverses almost flat out and just swings it hard, left hand down, and the side of the car swings back that hard and fast it actually hits the front of the Dodge. Shit. And it stoved in the the, uh, right-hand passenger door, so not the driver's door, the door behind it, and the wagon stoved it in. Like, couldn't open it. And all it did to the Dodge was slightly dent the chrome headlights around on the left-hand side. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. Thought, did it look like a dog's penis? Uh, I thought it was a cool car. I just oh, I liked think so the fact too. that Scotty was getting the shits about Gus calling it a dog's penis more than I'd like the car. Because Scotty <laughs> getting his blood up is really funny because he gets a bit flustered or whatever, and Gus is just pissing himself laughing, like, giggling like a little schoolgirl with it, so... Yeah, so that's yeah. that's the silver one, the silvery grey one, the dog's penis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what it's called. I can now announce. I was told not to say anything, but I can now announce when that Falcon hit that Dodge, it done fourteen hundred bucks worth of improvements to the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Some it's still bitter over V eight supercars. Hey everyone, it's Simo. Hey listen, episode 22 ended up being a two-hour megasode, so that was part one, and we'll actually get part two to you guys soon, which will include our review of Street Machine Magazine, December 2018. Cheers. Oh, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at the Thong Slappers, or email us, thongslappers at optusnet.com.au.